Thank you. Somewhere in there is me. The boy who gave his life to Jesus when I was seven years of age and uh, got filled with the Spirit, spoken in tongues ever since, and found that the world had nothing to offer. I'll just say it again. The world had nothing to offer. All it could offer was... It was so much fun when I was in the factory and we'd be working and then on a Friday night they, they, they'd go out to, to have a liquid sandwich. And so then, then come in to work on us early Saturday morning looking a bit green around the gills and a bit everything else and, 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 and I'd be there full of the joys of life and they were, were having a hangover or something and I could not understand why they wanted to spend their money on alcohol and then have fellowship with a porcelain bowl the next morning. And so then, but the world had nothing to offer but Jesus, he's given me everything because he is everything. Someone asked me uh, during the, a week ago about the whole experience of going to heaven and we were sitting in a cafe and, and uh, I lost it. Unashamedly, I lost it talking about what it was like to be taken no! <laughs> to heaven. And <laughs> Whoa, so, so, so good. <clears throat> Anyway, all I know is this, it's so much fun. And if you get, 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 get a bit hot tonight, it's not because the air conditioning is not working, it's because God, the, 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 this is going to be the year of fire. So, so whatever you do, learn you don't go to church with an asbestos fireproof suit on because it doesn't work. <laughs> I want to talk, to talk, to talk, to talk, <laughs> try. <laughs> How many have ever been in a situation, uh, and, 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 and it might be at school or even at work, and, and suddenly the boss comes along and says, uh, uh, come with me, and then come with me, and it's like, you know that you're getting selected for something good, and, 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 and yeah, how many have been through that? And you might have been through the other one where you felt like you were the left behind brigade. And it's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the reality is Jesus, all through Scripture, there's the opportunity where it says, being called up higher, being called up higher. And, and, and there's many people, they'll ask me, so what's my interpretation of the end times, how exactly the mechanics of how it's going to happen? You know what? I haven't got a clue. I'm not that clever. Because you can read this verse and read that verse and all sorts of things. All I know is I'm not going to be part of the Left Behind Brigade. And, and, and that, however it's going to happen. And, and, but, whoa, whoa. but the exciting thing is, and this is, to me, I think is so, ooh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, so, so motivating is that we have been chosen by God for His purposes. Come on. Look at, look at yourself in the mirror sometimes and go, chosen, chosen chosen. I was not part of the left behind. I was chosen. You were chosen. And if you haven't yet given your life to Jesus, well, get on the plan. Just just give, surrender to Jesus and because He's chosen us. He's called us. He's chosen us. And it says, hey, there's some good stuff ahead. 
And I'm just going to go on a little journey today, tonight, whatever, yeah, with this message. And it's going to seem like a bit what, whatever. But I'm going to start at the end, and, and we'll find a beginning somewhere. You know, sometimes we'll start the beginning and hope we hit an end. But God sees things from the end. He sees the beginning from the end. He sees things so different to us. And sometimes people in their Christian life, they say, well, you just got to map it out for me. I've got to go step. No, no, no. God doesn't do that. He says, this is where it's all going. Now get on the plan. And, and he just does things so different to, to, to our humanity. In John chapter 15, just to prove that I am a good Bible preacher, I'll give you one verse. And it says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And, 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 and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Whoa, what powerful promises and statements in that verse. What powerful. How many like the thought? And whatever I ask in his name, it's mine. Come on now, tell the truth. Shame the devil. How many like that? If you don't, we've got an altar call for you coming up very soon. Because, you know, if that doesn't push your buttons, you really do need to get born again. The reality is, you know, that's an incredible promise that Jesus made. But we've just got to start back a little bit. That's the, that's the end. We can ask things, whatever we ask. But how do we get there? Good question. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give you an answer. And so here's Jesus saying, we've been chosen. Why did he choose you? Why did he choose me? He chose us because he saw the DNA of harvest in your life. He saw the DNA of fruitfulness in your life. He saw the DNA of kingdom prosperity in your life, of things that God is going to be glorified in, that God is going to be demonstrated in, and God's going to be exalted in. He saw that. You see, many times we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. How many has ever noticed that? He, he, he yeah, yeah. Ooh, so this is so good. It just, can I just go this way? You have to help me because I've got this fire and I've just got to do something with it. And no, no, don't get ahead of the party. <laughs> understand sign language that that means yes please <laughs> 1997 that's when I had an encounter with God and he he did an amazing thing <laughs> so when you think about it God chose us because he saw the incredible harvest that's going to come out of your life. That your life is not just here to occupy space and to suck up air. Your life is to be an incredible, fruitful life. A life. I mean, everyone wants their life to count for something. Everyone wants their life to, 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 to be significant. And so, yep, there we go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, just, just that alone may be significant. You'd say, well, that's, that's good enough. But that's, that's not all. Whoa. He then makes that amazing statement. 
whatever you ask in my name. And of course, religiosity comes along and suddenly, unless you have prayed, and I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Some people look so miserable when they say that, that, that no wonder God sort of like, really? Because it becomes a religious mantra, not an expression of the fruitfulness of their life. I just talked to church over this side. It becomes just a, a saying instead of an expression of the fruitfulness of their life. Because the fruitfulness is the foundation to then be able to say, and so in the name of Jesus, and it's like when you say it, it's like you're releasing atomic power. Ha! That's an ancient Greek expression for awesome. But how do we get this fruitfulness? Now, again, I'm glad you asked. Well, fruitfulness is amazing. Jesus spoke about it, this whole question of fruitfulness. He gave some parables called, we call it the parable of the talents. And we find it in Matthew and we find it in Luke. And in one it talks about having 10 talents and the other it talks about having five talents and, and two and one. But, but the, 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 the issue is not the talents. Oh, Because the Bible says each was given what they had according to their ability. According to their ability. In other words, God is not going to ask you to do what he doesn't know is possible. And how many times, tell the truth, shame the devil, confess someone else's sin. How many times there's a sense of God's calling you to do something and you go, oh, I can't do that. That's humanity. But you see, God doesn't ask us and he doesn't equip us to do what is not possible. But he puts that seed of harvest inside us and he calls us into, into what he's, yeah, 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 yeah. He knows it's possible. And so those, those parables in Matthew and in Luke are about the fruitfulness God is expecting from his people. And this is what happens, that the people who, who do serve and use what God's given them, they come under not condemnation, but commendation. Well done. Excellent. Excellent. And in fact, it even in one of the parables there, it's like you get more. So just doing stuff, you get more. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm into the more that Jesus gives. I'll just talk to church this side. I'm into the more that Jesus can give. I mean, really? I mean, because the world can't give because it's under the hands of the devil and the devil comes to steal and to rob and to destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and have it abundantly. And so... We can I stop and say, so what have we been given? And because it talks about talents and what have we been given? You see, all harvest, all fruitfulness come, comes from a seed. And you and I have been given seeds that can bring forth incredible harvest. Now, what are those seeds? Every prayer is a seed. It's a seed which is expecting more. But if you come along with a shopping list of 
And, and besides that, I don't understand it when people are talking to me, just they're talking, you know. You talk about something, and suddenly you say, let's pray. And the next minute, oh, loving Heavenly Father. And I was like, what just jumped on that person? Because <laughs> it's not what, so we're just talking in a normal voice, and we're just talking. And then you say, let's pray. And suddenly their face goes, oh, mm. It's so much fun leading pastors' networks in prayer around the country. It's so much fun because you go into these different things. We're going to have one in Lower Hutt in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in 10 days' time. And I know what's going to happen because you'll have some, and you some, have some people say, why do the Pentecostals always have to be so loud? Well, because it doesn't disturb God. And then others, they get into the holy huddle. Well, that's okay because Jesus is the resurrection. They'll, they'll, they'll come to life. And so it's, and, and we can get into all these sort of little practices which have nothing to do with who God is, but they just make us feel like we've been good. No, usually it makes us look stupid. And so the reality is, when we know that every seed carries eternal life, every power, every prayer that we offer is an expression of eternal life, that there in that, that prayer, when we are praying, do we understand that it carries the seed of eternity when it's carrying faith and it's carrying the goodness of God and it's carrying something. And people say to me, why do things happen? Because I expect it. I just had to give that one away. It was funny that I was in a church up north and there was a person who was very skeptical and thought it was all there until one of those fireballs hit him. And then he was like, <laughs> I said, yeah, even goldfish do that. It's like, <laughs> it's so much fun. Being a Christian is so much fun. Yeah. You know, every the Bible says that we can all prophesy. Now, it's not talking about getting that far away look in your eye and <laughs> prophecy. The gift of prophecy is about encouragement, exhortation, edification, and building up. And 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 and, and we've all been given it. Why? Because in those prophetic words is encouragement that carries the gift of eternal life, that carries the amazing thing, and it's expecting more. So we can give a prophetic word, word knowing that God's anointing is going to use that. And then we pray, and it's just like watering the seed, and suddenly something come up. So good for the kingdom. So good for the kingdom. But if we listen to the scorn and the skepticism and the stuff that's around us, and, and, and even the stuff, you know, uh, you know, the church is dying, really? Read the end of the book. Someone said that to me, and I said, I don't know what book you're reading, but you're going to the wrong library. It's like, ha! The church is finished. The church is the body of Christ. And he's alive forevermore. Now, religion is dying. Well, that deserves a death anyway. Don't know if it deserves a decent burial either. But the reality is that the church of Jesus Christ has got a great future. And when we understand that that's who we are, oh, that's so good. You know, every thought is like a seed. 
And it can carry redemption. It can carry future. It can carry glory. It can carry so much. And that's why the Bible says we've got to bring every thought into the captivity or the subjection of the anointing. In other words, our thoughts should not be driven by our humanity, but our thinking should be driven by the Holy Spirit. I'll just say that again. (laughs) Our thinking should not be driven by our humanity, but driven by the Holy Spirit, because that means we come from a different perspective. We're going to have this conference lifted. And one of the parts that God said to me is, the reason it's lifted is because... He's our glory and the lifter of our head. In other words, when He lifts us up, we see things from a different perspective. And we might be here puddling around in our own stuff. But when He lifts us, we're going to see it differently. We're going to have a different horizon. When when it was the sailing ship days and they weren't sure, they didn't have radar, they didn't have all those modern stuff. And so they would send a man up the top of the mast. And they would send him up to the, the top mast. Why? Because the horizon, suddenly he would see a lot further. And when God lifts us up, we start to see kingdom purposes and we start to see kingdom joy and we start to see kingdom faith and we start to see the things of the kingdom which our humanity can't see. But when he's our glory and the lifter of our head, suddenly we see what we can only see through the Spirit. And so every word can be a seed. The Bible says it is a seed and it's carrying life or it's carrying death. Oh, yeah. Every word carrying life. Oh, yeah. Uh, Can we go that way? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Tom's been waiting for this. (laughs) Look at his feet there. Isn't she doing a good job on her horn thing? Yeah. <laughs> Go blow your horn. He needs someone to run with him. No, 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 you can't run when you're lying on the ground. It's it's getting a bit fiery tonight. Hello, Ellie, how are you doing? She says, no, 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 no. Holy Spirit. But every word carries the fire of God or poison. I want it to be that, you know, like I was saying to some today, we don't want to use the term prayer ministry. We need to use the term fire ministry. Fire ministry. Fire ministry. Because it... it, (laughs) Oh no. <laughs> he he just blessed me back again. <laughs> so 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 mm. so 
every, every one of these are like seeds. And, and it's how we steward the seeds, how we do those seeds. That's what Jesus was talking about in those, what we call the parables. How do we steward it? And, and, and that's why the Bible says, keep a watch over your lips that you sin not and don't speak inadvisedly because it's carrying incredible seeds. And you can speak hope and you can speak life and you can speak joy and you can speak power and you can speak the resurrection and you can speak all sorts of things. And don't go around saying, if you see something dead, we'll resurrect it. Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that Jesus said he's going to be in you and with you. And it's like we are supposed to be resurrection people. The greatest prayer that I've prayed over the phone many times to when people have rung me up for different things and sickness and miracles and stuff, even from other countries, is when I just simply just pray this. Right now, I release the resurrection power of Jesus into the situation, and suddenly you'll get, so good. We had we had someone have a miracle this morning. They 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 came along, and I was I was a little. The world might call it inebriated. I just call it I was under the influence. The police can stop you. I mean, police have stopped people as they've left our services many times over the years. And, 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 and they say, have you been drinking? And the worst thing is when they say yes. <laughs> and it doesn't change color. <laughs> I like the ones where the police have, have actually, it was out on that street, put their head in to get the keys. And then the policemen started to laugh. <laughs> So good. Because <laughs> fire is highly contagious. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just for a moment going back to the Psalms just to see the revelation God has hidden, but it's there for us to see about this whole, the keys for fruitfulness. You want to go on this journey? Just just how, how does it come? So we go back to Psalm 67. There's so many. I haven't got time to do it all for the, but just because, you know, it's nearly supper time. And this is what it says in Psalm 67. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Then the earth will yield her increase. What's the key for fruitfulness? Praise. Praise. God, our own God, shall bless us. God will bless us. And all the ends of the earth will fear Him. Here the psalmist is saying that praise releases harvest. Praise releases fruitfulness in your life. Praise, you see, because praise demands something of us to give Him What's due his name? And it goes, that passage just says, and the ends of the earth. Wow. And the knowledge of God. Glory to the righteous one. Whoa. There's something on this word glory tonight. That instead of worrying about the unholy trinity, the unblessed me, I, and myself. 
and starting to focus on the glorious Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and give Him praise. You didn't know that this was the message God gave me, but something stirred you to say, praise the Father, praise the Son. Because why? It releases fruitfulness in our life, and it's so better to be praising Him than complaining about me. All through Scripture, there's many parts that I could say, but when we understand that praise unlocks the goodness of God. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 19 says this, Though the fig tree does not bud and there's no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, even though there's no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, Here's a description of no fruitfulness. Here's a description of where it seems like failure. Here's a description of of loss and of lack and everything else. But the prophet giving us divine revelation says, yet I'm not going to go by my natural eyes, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And so if you're looking at unfruitfulness, if it seems like there's no harvest in your life, as it seems like things aren't going as good. Don't look at the lack. Look at the Savior. Don't look at the the loss. Look at the one who is the one who is high and mighty and lifted up and glorious as we were having sung to us tonight. So we see here in verse 17, the prophet is describing times when we don't see anything coming of what we expect from our labor or our efforts. Every one of those situations is where multiplication could be expected. Like you plant one seed and you get a whole bunch of wheat. You plant all sorts of things and there's harvest that comes. But he says what our response should be. (laughs) I'm not going by the natural eyes. I'm going by the eyes which look into the unseen. And I'm going to rejoice. Ha! I will be joyful. How full? Joyful. To be full of joy means you're going to have to let something go many times. You're going to have to let go the questions. You're going to have to let go the, 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 the worry about what other people think. You're going to have to let go some things if you want to be joyful because it doesn't say you're going to be joy with this. When I was young last millennium, I was there and we would sing, he gives me joy in place of sorrow. He gives me love that casts out fear. And, and, and some of these old revival songs that were there, he gives me joy in place of sorrows. But when you start singing it with a, with, a, with a faith attitude, you start going, yeah. When you sing it with a religious one, you just wait for the next song. <laughs> but there is something that happens when you mix faith with what you're doing. And so, you see what the prophet is saying is he's unveiling to us and he's revealing to us the power of breakthrough. And so many times we can be saying, God, I want the keys of breakthrough. And he's going, well, wake up, Dumbo. 
That's an ancient Aramaic expression. And it's saying, I've already told you, praise, praise. Some of you are old enough to remember a man, Marin Carruthers, who, who wrote a number of books about the power of praise. And one of the books was called From Prison to Praise. And that's just taken out of the Psalms where it says, bring my soul out of prison that I may praise your name. And you see so many times, there are more people in prison than are in jail. They're in prison by their emotions. They're in prison by their stupid thinking. They're in prison by, 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 by allowing circumstances to lock them up where all sorts of things can come upon us. But if we will praise the Lord, it's the key to freedom. Rejoicing is a choice. Ha. Rejoicing is a choice. Now, there are some people who are glad that they don't do that in the house of God. But you know what? I don't think Tom has any shame about it whatsoever. So I know that there are religious people would be going like, oh, no, but we're not worried about that because you know what? When we praise, we are releasing God factor into the situation. When we praise, that's what we're doing. I never said you could stop, Tom. <laughs> if you're getting puffed, you need to go to the gym and get fit. <laughs> Circumstances do not determine the level of our rejoicing. Our will does that. And you see, many times it's our decision-making that can get us into trouble. But why does God leave us with a free will? Because it's the key of our freedom. It's the key of blessing. The exercise of our will in a godly way is the way which we brings freedom. I've had people ring me up in the middle of the night. They don't do it so much these days. They've been delivered from my pastoring. And so they, they would ring up and go, I've got to see you. I've got to see you right now. And you'd say, talk about making an appointment for three or four days. So no, 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 no. And I've actually said to people, in fact, there's one or two of you here. I said, you've been 20 years getting yourself in this mess. Another two days is not going to make a problem. It's like, <laughs> just the reality is that so many times, you know, and then we get ourselves in the poo. That's an ancient Greek expression for trouble. And it's like, we go, ah! But it's our will that got us there in the first place, making stupid decisions. And, and well... God gave us a will so we can make good decisions. He gave us a will that brings the key of freedom. And what's that? To praise the Lord. To praise the Lord. Now, some may say, why are you forever talking about praise? Because the Bible speaks a lot about praise. But praise without joy is just a religious mantra. And that's why he gives us joy. So that it's an expression of who he is. The God of hope wants to fill us with all joy. How, how full is full? That's not full. Still not full. If it was full, you wouldn't be able to get another drop in it. 
that's so good. It's nearly full. It's a bit like, you know, we can come to church and we're nearly full. But we can get filled a bit more. <laughs> there was another one of the old songs, which was, Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. You've got a good story about drops of water in the middle of church. When you first started coming, you got a new Bible, and I happened to go, and right then there was a big splodge of water on her brand new Bible. So good. Are you laughing at me? Absolutely. Just go and tip some on that lady there. The middle one. That's it. And you say, why did I do it? Because there's going to be a breakthrough for this lady. It's helping her do her hair as well. <laughs> but you see, it's so easy to, to look at what I just did and, and, and start to say, what was the point of that? Instead, we could go, where's my breakthrough? Where's my breakthrough? When God starts to do something, where's my breakthrough? And we start to praise Him. And we start to say, yes, yes, yes. Instead of praying, God, it hasn't come yet, we start to thank Him. Thank Him. And that's another key that comes out of praise. You know, it's, the question has been asked many times, what, what, why is God releasing joy all over the earth? Because He promised to do that. He wants to fill us with all joy. Not just a little bit. All joy. What does that mean? There's a joy of serving. It means there's a joy of praise. It means there's a joy of, of, of His presence. There's a, there's a joy in, in encouraging others. There, there's all this is joy. But if we are wrapped up in ourselves, we just need a bomb under us. And so anyway, that's not in the notes. <laughs> The reason God's releasing joy is because He wants the praise note going up. Because when the praise goes up, the glory comes down. Whoa. I've, sh I've shared many times that when, 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 when I was young, we would go along and there was the prayer chain that was going 24-7. We would go along even in the middle of the night. I was at high school and we'd go along and there was this room and, and, and it would be there, and we'd, and we'd pray. It was quite funny, because just as part of the ventilation system, there was this sort of box in the middle to let some vents out. And people who didn't know what was going on, they'd walk in, they'd think it was a coffin there. It was, <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I was taking some Maori people, and they went, hey, No, <laughs> it was so funny, they thought it was a coffin. No, it was to let the fresh air in. But I found this out just as a 15-year-old boy, that you could go along at, one o'clock in the morning, and, and, and I was going to school and everything else. Uh, I, 
I, I, I wasn't very good at doing homework, so that was not a problem. So you go along, and it could sometimes be drier than sawdust. But I found this, that if you started praising the Lord, the heavens would open, and suddenly two hours would just go and disappear. When I start, would just start to go and singing a song, Whoa, come on, Lewis. <laughs> Thank you. In a church in Sri Lanka, they've got a pulpit for me. It's this big, a trunk of a tree. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> when I came back the second time, they said, we're ready for you. And there's this So good. But just quickly, sort of. Going back to the prophet Habakkuk, this is just what he says happens when we engage in rejoicing, when we make rejoicing a choice. Let's face it, we make complaining a choice. That can come instinctively for some people, not you, I'm talking about the other people. But we can learn to make rejoicing the choice, the default mechanism of our life. And then he says, we do that. And then the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Now, my revelation of this comes from the fact that I used to do a bit of hunting. And you'd go up into the mountains and, and you could go. And when the deer would see you coming, suddenly the deer's feet would just take it to places I couldn't go. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. In other words, he's going to take me where I can't take myself. And there's places in God and there's places in the kingdom that when we praise the Lord, he's going to take us to places we can't take ourselves. And so that's where fruitfulness and encouragement and life and joy and all the goodness of heaven comes because we praise. We don't look at the circumstances. We praise Him. Don't look at the empty stall. Praise Him. Don't look at this, but praise Him. And suddenly He takes us to place because He's the one who's our glory and the lifter of our head. And so as I think about closing, I'll ask my third question. Do you want more harvest? more fruitfulness, and more effectiveness in your life? We say, of course. How do we get there? The key, of course, I've been saying about is praise and, and, and rejoicing. But there's another part, and that's thanksgiving. And if you add thanksgiving and praise and rejoicing together, you're going to have such a dynamo of power and goodness and grace in your life that the devil doesn't have a chance. It's, it's, it's awesome. And that's why Paul writes and says, in everything, not because of everything, but in everything, give thanks. Why? Because he made a promise. I'm going to never leave you or forsake you. And so when you go into a situation which is challenging, don't think you're alone. Thank God for the angel that he sent with you. Thank God for the Holy Spirit who's you, 
you just carried into that situation. And if you didn't, get born again. Because he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And we're born again by the Spirit of God. And we have to learn what it is to cultivate the presence, the, the conscious presence of God. How do we do that? Oh, oh, oh. Through praise, because he inhabits the praises of his people. And so uh, well, the more you praise, the more you become aware of his presence. And the more you walk into a situation and go, oh, really? <laughs> It used to be funny when I had got onto salary at Pilkington's. They had this management system, the annual review system, and and the system was called the Hayes system management system. And basically, you would get reviewed. And so a salary was set like at a hundred percent benchmark, but you were reviewed. And if you were deemed to be eighty percent efficient, you would get eighty percent of that's what your salary was, eighty percent of the benchmark. If you were deemed to be 105%, you were paid at 105% of the benchmark, and there was relativities all through the company. It's an international scheme. I liked it. The lowest I ever scored in 13 years was 105%. And it was always there. The first one I did, so I walked in, and uh, I was, they redid the assessment because I'd been scored 113%. And, and they said, no one has ever scored 113%. I said, well, there's a first time for everything. And, and, and that was in that company. And so they redid it, and I still scored 113%. So I'm sitting there with the big boss, and he said to me, so where do you want to go? He's used to people being intimidated by him because he was, I mean, he was a crook. But anyway, he was a crook in a suit. But anyway... He's sitting there and he says, so where do you see yourself going in the company? So I just went, your side of the desk. And he was like intimidated. I wasn't, but he was. And he says, so what do you want to know? I said, sir, I want to know where the 7% is that I missed out on. Because according to the system, there's another 7% because it went between 80 to 120. I said, I want to know where the 7% is because there's 7% of salary that I'm not getting. Tell me. No one's ever asked that question. Well, that's not my problem. <laughs> and so anyway, my immediate line manager, he comes to me and said, what on earth did you say? I said, well, I just told him I wanted to, to know where the 7% was. He said he hasn't got a clue. I said, well, then he shouldn't be the boss. <laughs> Don't tell me that there's more money and then not know how, how to get me. God has more for us and he will help us get there. He's not going to hang us out to dry. He's not going to say, There's, this is available, but I don't know how to get you there. He knows how to get there. He, and that's why he, he knows the way that I take. He knows what it is. He knows how to take you from glory to glory. He knows how to take you from victory to victory. He knows how to take you from triumph to triumph. And so we thank God. We praise him. We express the joy that he has. You see, so many times, human prayer is simply asking about, we want something to come. But praise is unlocking the way for things to come. So instead of shopping, let's hoping that something would come. When we praise, we open the door. And what did Jesus say in Mark chapter 11? He said, if we will thank him 
before we've even got it, we get the door open for it to come. And so, for all of that, joy is given to us as the fuel to keep thanksgiving alive, to keep praise alive. And there's many times we need our joy to be refreshed so that our praise sounds cleaner. Sometimes in music, there's a, they can get a muddled sound. Sometimes in life, there's muddled sounds. But when we praise the Lord, there's a sound that comes clean when it's filled with the joy of the Lord. And it's just like, yeah. Oh. So in just a moment, there's going to be the opportunity to receive a fresh anointing for joyful praise. Anyone up for that? Because the sound of praise will be cleaner. The sound of praise won't be muddied by our, 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 our interpretation of stuff. But rather, it'll be a praise which is just like, God, you are amazing. You are from everlasting to everlasting. There is nothing like clean praise. That's the praise that unlocks the power of God. It unlocks revival. It unlocks the destiny of cities. It unlocks all the goodness of God. You see, I'm not here because I'm the best preacher, but I did learn as a young boy how to praise the Lord. I learned how to praise. I learned how to put value on praise. Sarah knows and other music leaders know that over the years, I'd say, no, 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 we're not singing those songs, which is all about how bad I'm feeling. Not allowed those songs, eh, Sarah? The wise people didn't even try to bring them in. Because we're not here to sing about ourselves. We're here to praise the one who is worthy of our praise. We're here to exalt the one who is worthy. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of our energy. He's worthy of our attention. He's worthy of our focus. He's worthy of us denying ourselves so that He gets the glory. Could you stand with me, please? You've done a good job, Lewis. By the way, who, who loves the horn? Yeah. I, it's so good. Because when we were singing that, the, 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 the new song, the King of Kings song, the praise song, I could hear this horn going along the top, and it was like, oh, yeah. It's got some oomph in it. Yeah. I like that oomph. That's a, that, that's a heaven sound. Because God's got plenty of oompa. Every kingdom has its own sound. Every kingdom has its own sound. The kingdom of heaven's got its sound too. It's a sound of freedom. It's a sound of rejoicing. It's a sound of glory. It's a sound of majesty. It's so good. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have an anointing for us of joyful praise, an anointing which enables us to sing above circumstances, to sing above trials, to sing above battles. 
We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have an anointing for us which, is, which transcends what this world can give and this world tries to take away. And so we thank you for the promise that you inherit, you inhabit the praises of your people. And so in the name of Jesus, as we pray with people tonight, I thank you that there is an anointing for joyful praise to be released. I thank you for the joyful praise that you are about to release in this place. Come, Holy Spirit. Come in a fresh way. Let the oil of gladness be upon us all. In Jesus' name. Amen.